0: Welcome to Stand Out Get Noticed, the podcast that helps you speak and present with rock star confidence. I'm Christina Canters, your host and founder of The C-Method, communication skills training. For free resources and to subscribe to the show, visit thecmethod.com. Hey there, rock star, and welcome to episode 157 of Stand Out Get Noticed. I'm very excited to have you spending some time with me today. Welcome. I am recording from home today, quick note. um, And there is an apartment building being constructed next door, so you may hear some background noises, maybe some queen blasting from their radio. Um, Welcome to Peaceful Apartment Mornings with Christina (laughs) Cantors. Oh dear, this is why I meditate. Anyway, This week's podcast is a follow-up to last week's podcast, which was all around my experience with doing stand-up comedy, one of the most terrifying forms of public speaking, in my opinion. And if you haven't listened to that episode, definitely go back and check it out. I had a really good time putting it together. Um, This week, I'm talking about, well, I'm sharing the lessons that we can learn as speakers in the business context, what can we learn from stand-up comedy and what can we apply to our own business presentations? Before I get to that, I do have a couple of announcements that you might want to hear. Firstly, um, I totally forgot this happens every year. I totally forgot this podcast's birthday. Um, The thirtieth of March, which was now a week and a half ago, it was this podcast's third birthday, which is very exciting, Um, a very big milestone to reach, and I think it got to like the first week of April, and I was sitting there, it was on the weekend, and I looked over at Aaron, my fiance, and I was like, I think, I think I missed my podcast's birthday, and he said, "You do this every year." (laughs) So anyway. I'm just so focused on producing great content, guys. I don't even realize this. Anyway, um but I just want to say a big thank you to uh, for you listening, for supporting me if you have been with me throughout the whole 3 years. You are amazing. And it's interesting. I had someone ask me the other day. They said, "What was the traction you got with the podcast? So, how long did it take you to really gain a solid listenership?" And for me, like looking at the downloads as one particular metric, in year 1, you know how many downloads I had? 20,000. 20, that sounds pretty solid, right? But then if you consider that in year two, I got 80,000. So that doubled. So it was very slow at the start and then it doubled. And then in year three, it got like 300,000 or like 280,000. And it's been growing exponentially ever since. So at the moment, we're up to about 444,000, maybe 450,000 total, which I am really excited about. We're almost at half a million, guys. Um, so I wanted to share that, that win with you this week. It just goes to show that you do need to stick at something. So if you're starting a blog or you want to build up an Instagram following, or maybe you want to start a podcast, in which case, keep listening, I've got something for you. Um, it does take time takes time to build up and you need to have that patience, you need to have that resilience and perseverance and keep going and do it every single week or every single whatever schedule you set for yourself. But the point is to not give up after that first year and not go, oh, no one's listening, no one's reading. Uh, I'm, I'm just going to quit. you got to keep going. Okay, that was my, my inspirational piece for the day. <laughs> um, all right, uh, next thing. I do have... All right, this is also very exciting. I have two live workshops coming up in Melbourne. The first is a podcasting masterclass. Now, based on the, well, you may already know this, based on the success of my podcast, I've had a lot of people asking me, how did you do that? Can you teach me how to do that? And that's what led me to starting a podcast setup and training business with my lovely fiance, Aaron Heath. Um, Our our business is called Podcast Services Australia. You can find us at podcastservices.com.au and we will be running a full day podcasting masterclass in Melbourne at the end of April, which we are super excited about. We've been running these trainings for universities up until this point and this is the first public workshop that we will be um, running and we'll be taking you through everything you need to know around developing, launching, and running an engaging and sustainable show, which is very important. Um, Saturday, 28th of April, that's when it's happening. Go to com slash events for more information or tap the link in the description of this podcast in your app. That link, com slash events is where I put all my upcoming events. So if you're listening to this sometime in the future, go to that link anyway and there might be some more events coming up, more workshops for you to check out as well. The second event is the next installment of my public speaking masterclass and that's on Saturday the 12th of May. This will be my third time running this course, which I cannot wait for. So if you're looking to improve your speaking, if you want to take it to the next level, Um, In this workshop, you'll learn powerful techniques to speak to a group with confidence and with clarity and in a way that engages your audience. We're keeping the class small. It's only 10 people, um, but I think that that's the best way for people. I'm, I'm able to give you my personalized attention and it's a really supportive group too, a really supportive environment. So if that sounds like You would be interested in coming along, or if you know someone who you feel would benefit from a highly interactive and supportive speaking workshop like this, do send them that link, thecmethod.com slash events. Again, the link is in the description of this podcast. Um, For both workshops, we've created a bring a friend ticket, which is quite cool, and that gives you $50 off both your registrations if you sign up together. So maybe you're feeling a little bit nervous about doing this by yourself. Awesome. Go reach out to a friend or a colleague and encourage them to come along too. There are early bird tickets available now, so make sure you jump on there sooner rather than later. Okay. Thanks for hanging with me, guys. Let's move on to the main content of this week's podcast. Now, firstly, why am I sharing this? Why is this important? Around you know what do we, what can we learn from stand up comedy? Because some of you might be thinking, well, I'm not going to be a stand up comedian, Christina. I don't know why this is even important. Well, firstly, to be an effective speaker, I believe it's critical to learn from all different experiences and all different styles of speaking. You know, one way of speaking that you might learn in a workshop. Say, let's say you come to one of my trainings, you learn that. This it's one way of learning how to speak my method, the C method, you might call it, is one way that you can learn to speak, but it's not necessarily the best way and especially the best way for you, right? Your style or your speaking style that you want to develop might be, you might be better suited learning from something else. Who knows? Being a really true, a truly confident and captivating speaker, um, if you want to become like this, it is important to develop a speaking style that is unique and true to who you are. If you want to really connect with your audience, if you want to captivate them and influence them and and have them take action, you need to be speaking in a way that really connects with you and your message and in a way that is authentic and resonates with you. And Copying a style or learning one style from one source is not necessarily going to um, bring that out of you. And the thing is, you may, here's the thing, you may not know at the start. At the start, you're developing, you're, you're trying different things, right? You're learning here, learning there. And over time, you will develop your unique speaking style. But I encourage you to try not to look at someone and go, I want to be like them. You know, I want to speak exactly the way that they speak because it's very hard to become like that. In fact, it's stressful. Okay? So it's best to find your own style. And this takes time, it takes practice, and it requires, in my opinion, taking insights and inspiration from many different sources. So, yes. Go to Toastmasters, go to workshops, come to my workshop, um, listen to podcasts, but also explore new experiences and and new ways of learning. Oh, more comfort zone stuff. Here she goes again, I can hear you say, but it's true. Go do it. I'm thinking about doing a um, improv class as well later in the year, and there are a few other things I want to try. So you know, put yourself out there, see what is out there, see what you can learn from. Okay, so that's my uh, spiel on why this is important. Let's get into the the things that I've learnt that you can also take away from speaking. It's the the, the perspective, the new perspective on speaking um, I got from stand up comedy. Of course, there were many things I learned, many, but I'm going to share five with you because five's a good number. Lesson number one: cut the fat. Now, in stand up. uh, one of the first things we learned was to trim down any excess words that you did not need. Now, we all have that parent or uncle who at uh, family barbecues or gatherings loves telling a joke or a story that just drags on and on and on until you feel like burying your face in a potato salad just to end the torture. Oh, I've experienced this. It's the same with stand-up except with audiences in stand-up, they're way less forgiving. When you're telling a joke that involves a story, we learned that you need to get a laugh every 10 to 12 seconds. It doesn't have to be a a massive, you know, roaring laughter, but a little chuckle, something that's funny every 10 to 12 seconds. You can't afford to go on and on and on and on leading up to one funny punchline. And our stand-up coach kept telling us, get to the funny, get to the funny quicker, get to the funny quicker. If you don't need it, cut it out. If those words, if that sentence doesn't contribute to the laugh, get rid of it. Now it is the same thing with your business presentations. I'm working with a client at the moment who's preparing a TED talk, really exciting. And and with TED, you only have a limited amount of time to present. There is absolutely no room for extra fluff. And it might be the same for you with um, if you're giving a a pitch or a presentation, you might only have five minutes, ten minutes, and you've got to keep it down and you've got to get your message across in that time. So it's really important as you're writing your presentation to be aware of the fluff of the stuff that isn't needed. And with my client, we're working to to strip down the the, the word count, strip down the presentation so that we can really hit on what is important, what the key messages are. Um, because there's so much to share, but it's about taking what's really important. So here's what you can do. and this is what I, I share in my um, my public speaking or my presentation template, which many of you have downloaded, which is really cool. Um, it's a, a template that takes you through how I plan and prepare for all my presentations. And this is on there. It is to write down what your number one takeaway is for the audience. is it is it to for them to be inspired to do, one thing? Is it for them to think differently about something else? Is it for them to understand or have their minds changed about something? I don't know. What is that number one takeaway? And then if anything that you're writing about your in your presentation, if anything does not align with that number one takeaway, get rid of it. It does not need it. Even though it's important, if it doesn't relate to that number one takeaway, get rid of it you can use it for another presentation around and and that will have a different takeaway okay and trust me having a cut down presentation is a beautiful thing gee i really wish that presentation went for longer said no one ever <laughs> okay um also look at sentences and phrases that are unnecessary that might creep into your general dialogue phrases like at the end of the day, or it goes without saying that, or first and foremost, or basically. So all of these phrases you can get rid of and no one will even miss them. Oh, and this is my favorite (laughs) when speakers get up and they say, for those of you who don't know me, my name is. Really, the people who don't know you, they know that they don't know you. You don't have to tell someone, oh, you don't know me and my name is. It's silly, isn't it? It's just excess words that we don't need. You just get up there and you say, hey, everyone, my name is. The people who know you aren't going to go, oh, yeah, we know that already. Shut up and sit down. No, it's not going to happen. Okay. So cut the fat. It will make your communication more punchy and concise and your audience will be more likely to remember your message. Boom. Number two, sift through the crap to find the gold. One of our coaches, Dave Ivkovic, I hope I'm saying that right, he's a a stand-up, a very experienced stand-up comedian, he he said that writing comedy is like panning for gold. At first, you pick up a lot of crap, so you've got a lot of worthless rocks, pebbles and sand, and you need to toss all of that out, but somewhere in there is a tiny little speck of gold. And in the comedy world, that's your hilarious joke that you hold on to and you keep forever and ever. And Dave said that for every line of great comedy, you've got to write about five pages of material. Yes, five pages. And I've got to say, writing jokes for me was really, really hard because I'm just not used to doing that. And I'm not used to writing out pages of my own material that's not to do with educating people or, you know, a presentation like or a podcast like this. But in terms of how it relates to, your work, like in the business context and, and my work is is storytelling. Now, storytelling's really come up, you know, it's in this industry, people are like, oh, you gotta tell stories, storytelling, stories so important, blah, 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 story, story. Or, you know, TED talks all story, story. But then clients will come to me and they'll say, but how do I? I've got so many stories, or they're like, I don't know how to find stories for this. And something that I've done for myself personally when writing my keynotes and that I've worked on with clients is to write a story bank. And this is, so this is like the, the public speaking version of writing five pages to get one line of joke, one line of, you know, good comedy. If you write down all the stories that have happened in your life, all of them, and it doesn't matter if you don't think they're relevant, but you can actually create a timeline of times in your life when you had a success or when you had a failure and I went through and I I had like year by year and wrote down what I'd achieved what like all the big milestones what had happened any bad things that had happened and then from there I was able to flesh out stories from each of those moments and this took a long time and it created a lot of content there was I have pages and pages and pages of stories of things that happened to me experiences but in there, somewhere in there, a little specks of gold, which are the stories that I can use in my speeches and the ones that really connect with the audience. They, um, they, they resonate and they, they, um, support the points that I'm making as well. Cause of course the story has to be relevant, but, and sometimes it's, it's, a better idea to do that so just producing lots and lots and lots of content tons and tons of stories and then from there you can sift through it and go okay which one here is relevant as opposed to writing your presentation and then going oh i have to think of a story to go with this point because then that that makes it difficult so so let yourself be creative just flow with it just free write don't edit yourself and write every single story that can come to mind. Doesn't matter if it's in a professional context or personal context, you can use personal stories in a professional presentation. And if you're still struggling with that, like if this is something you wanna do but you're struggling with, then reach out to me because this is what I help my clients with and I'm happy to chat with you and learn more about your challenges and what you're hoping to achieve. And cause that is something that, that I can help you with. So keep that in mind. Okay, that was number two, sifting through the crap. Number three is to practice failing and failing fast. One of the So one of the most terrifying things that we had to do in this stand-up course was to – we'd go away and we'd write a joke and then like they'd give us 15 minutes and then we'd come back and we'd have to get up behind the microphone and perform this one joke even if it was, you know, it's just one line or two lines. And that was scary because we'd write this joke and be like, oh, it's terrible. It's not very good. But they'd be like, no, nah, get up there anyway and do it. So we'd so you'd go up there, say your joke, and more often than not, no one would laugh because, we, you know, we didn't have time to write our five pages and sift through and get the gold. We we just wrote one line of crap, right? So we presented this and no one would laugh a lot of the time or they'd groan with how terrible it was. and. That in itself is like a miniature fail. You stand up there, you put yourself out, you, you, out there, you, you tell a joke and no one laughs. And that's scary. But we had to get used to it. We had to get over it. We had to be able to learn to deal with telling a joke and getting no response, no laugh, bombing. But from there, it then made it easier moving forward to deal with the possibility that we might fail or that, we, that a joke might bomb when we get up on stage. So that was a really eye-opening learning experience to be okay with failing, so to speak. And this is exactly the same in your presentations as well. And not just presentations, but when you're running a meeting or when you're having an important conversation with someone, if you can be okay with the fact that you might make a mistake, if you can accept that it will happen, and even that a mistake needs to happen in order for you to improve and find out what works, right, that's going to help you so much and it's going to help you to build your confidence too. So if you can, practice, practice with a colleague beforehand, practice with someone you trust and see if what you're saying resonates or maybe it doesn't resonate, maybe it makes sense, maybe it doesn't. But if you can practice this in front of someone and get and get that feedback then that's going to be gold for you. You know, when we got up and told our jokes, if it was not very good, but maybe it was workable, we might have been halfway there, our coach would say to us, well, you know what you could do there? You could do this. And he would help us to improve it. And that's exactly what you can do with a a colleague or a friend, get them to give you that, that instant feedback so that you can continue to improve. So this one, I just love this one, being okay with failure, it's huge in in my workshops on confidence building and overcoming fear. This is something that we go into that we dive into every time. It's huge. And if you so if you're okay with messing up or failing, you can relax, right? It makes it much easier you can you can relax and you can go on regardless of whatever happens. So that was number 3. Number 4, the fourth thing that I learned from stand-up comedy is to slow down, slow, slow right down. So with stand-up, if you get up there, you might have the funniest joke in the world, but if you say it so fast that people can't hear you, so fast that they can't hear the punchline, they're not going to laugh. It ruins it. Speaking with clarity is so important, so important. If you go online and you watch, you know, watch any good stand-up comedian, you'll see how they use pausing and they slow things down to really milk that punchline and and drive the punchline home. Um, I had so one of the the students, the other students in the um, course that we did, he wrote excellent jokes. I thought he wrote really good jokes, but because of his nerves, he spoke really really fast on stage, and it just went over people's heads. So the big thing for him was to learn to calm down, take some deep breaths and, and to slow down. It happened with a a few people actually. And it's the same when you're speaking, if you're trying to deliver a really important message, if you're trying to inspire people, get them to take action, get them to buy in to what you're saying, if you want to connect with them, then they need to be able to hear what you're saying. And I know this sounds really obvious, but so many people don't realize they're doing it and it comes from the nerves. You know, we, we tend to speed up. We tend to feel awkward when there's a pause, when there's silence. We don't know how to behave. And if you are able to calm yourself down, take some deep breaths and slow down, again, practice in front of someone else, Get them to, to tell you, you know, how, how fast or so you're going. Video yourself. Scary, yes, more comfort zone stuff, but it's important. Video yourself. Get that feedback and see where you can improve. I can't emphasize this enough. The faster you speak, the less likely people are to hear what you're saying and the less likely your message is to sink in because people need that silence in between your sentences or in between the words to absorb what it is that you're saying. I just realized maybe I've been speaking really fast this whole podcast. I'm not sure. See, it happens to me too. Anyway, I'm still learning. Okay. The final thing that I'm going to share with you today is to be ready for anything. Now, in stand-up, this is like the next level. There's The first level is to be able to stand up there and say your jokes. The next level is to be able to deal with interruptions. So a lot of the time when you're practicing stand-up, you're not getting laughs, right? So you just keep going. But then on stage, you don't actually know how people are going to respond. So you'll stand up there, do a joke, or you might be halfway through a joke and people will laugh. And you have to learn to to pause, deal with that, um, maybe make a comment to the audience. And then there'll be people who might yell out or make comments. For example, when I was performing, um, I made a joke and, you know, everyone laughed and I then said back to the audience, oh, you guys are filthy, I like you. And then a lady in the front row goes, I like you too. And I was like, "Ah," oh, um, like I didn't know what to say. And it wasn't even like a bad heckle, you know. It wasn't someone going, "You suck." It was a lady going, "I like you too," but I wasn't ready for it, and it just threw me. And like, like the next day, I was like, "Oh man, I have such a good comeback for that lady. I could have said this, and it would have been hilarious." But of course, that's way too late. <laughs> so one of you know, one of the big skills to build up as a stand-up comedian is to is this art of spontaneity and being able to quickly. Um, quickly address any interruptions or, or come back to any comments that come from the audience. One thing we learned, and if you're feeling cheeky, you might, you might like to try this one. Maybe, I don't know. Um, when we're standing up there and if someone interrupts by coming in the door, so if they're late, if someone comes in late, they taught us to say, Oh, hi, Can, welcome. Can I get you anything? Like a watch apparently it's a really old one i hadn't heard it before but apparently lots of comedians use it um but it's very funny and it works every time and we all we all thought it was hilarious so anyway in terms of your uh you know your business presentations or you know running meetings i know i know a lot of you really hate q and a answering q and a cuz that's the unexpected bit that's when you're dealing with things that you're not sure you're not sure how it's going to go down Um, I've done a whole podcast about answering Q&A and I'll link that up in the show notes for you. Um, And also, I've done a whole podcast about being spontaneous, which, which relates to this as well. So I'll link both of those up in the show notes. But the important thing to take away is that things that are unexpected will happen. They just will. And again, with you know, being okay with making mistakes and failing. You need to be okay with the fact that the unexpected is going to happen and relax and realize that it you're just going to have to deal with it. You can't control it. You can't stop it. There is no guarantee that you'll be able to control everything. So, so just be okay with that. It's hard. I know it's really, really hard. Um, but working on all your other skills, working on you know um, taking deep breaths, relaxing, working on your mindset around speaking and how you see yourself, how your audience sees you, being okay with being seen, all of these things. A lot of the stuff that I work on with my clients and in my workshops around developing this, this strong success mindset and being okay with facing the fear all of that will help you to become better with all of these things, with the spont- spontaneity, um, being okay with failing and answering questions, all of that. All right. So those are the, th- uh, well, not three, five things. I can count good. Those are the five things that um, I learnt from stand-up comedy that we can apply to our own presentations. To quickly recap, number one, cut the fat. Number two, sift through the crap to find the gold. Number three, practice failing and failing fast. Number four, slow down. And number five, be ready for anything and be spontaneous. Now, if you feel like stand-up comedy is something you want to give a go, then good on you. You should totally do it. Um, I'll link up the course that I did in the show notes and they'll be at thecmethod.com slash 157, thecmethod.com um, slash 157, 157. I'll put a link there. I don't get any commission, by the way. They're not paying me to say this. I I just want to help you guys if this is something you also want to develop. Okay, and before I leave you today, I want to remind you that If you are looking to improve your speaking and you want to learn from someone like me who's done this for a while but continues to develop, go to thecmethod.com slash events or tap the link in the description of this podcast. Um, I'll put links there to both of my upcoming workshops. Firstly, the podcasting masterclass. For those of you who want to create your own podcast but don't know where to start, it's going to be awesome. We provide all the equipment. We provide lunch. We provide a supportive environment. That's everything you need to podcast effectively. Um, That is on Saturday, April 28th. And the public speaking workshop is on May the 12th, both in Melbourne, both on a Saturday, both I am very excited for. That is all from me this week. Thank you so much for spending some time with me today hope that you found value in this episode. Do share it with someone who you believe would also enjoy it. It's how this podcast has been able to grow exponentially in the last year, which has been amazing. So keep on being awesome. My name's Christina Cantors and I'll talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to Stand Out Get Noticed. To learn more and inquire about The C Method coaching, keynote and corporate training programs, visit thecmethod.com. That's the C as in letter C, method.com.